Hello everyone, welcome back to the Legends of Brittany. As we have heard, Tristram is now dead. So we kind of loop back to King Arthur and what he's up to. We're now on the giant of Mont Saint. Now it says Saint Michel because it's the M I C H E L, but I do believe it's now Saint Michael. And I think as the story, as we tell the story, it will say Saint Michael. But the actual title itself is the giant of Mont Saint Michel, meaning Michael. It was when he arrived in Brittany to ward off the projected invasion of England by the Roman Emperor, Lucius, that King Arthur encountered and slew a giant of marvellous bigness. Hmm. At St. Michael's Mount, near pont this monster, who had come from Spain, had made his lair on the summit of the rocky island. Whether he had carried off the Lady Helena, niece of Duke Hall of Brittany, many were the knights who surrounded the giant's fastness, but some might come at him, for when they attacked him, he would sink their ships by hurling mighty boulders upon them, while those who succeeded in swimming to the island were slain by him. They could not get proper footing, but Arthur, undismayed by what he had heard, waited until nightfall. Then, when all were asleep, with Kay, that's the uh, Seneschal, and Bedivere, the butler, he started on his way to the mount. As the three approached the rugged height, they held a fire blazing brightly in its summit, and saw also that upon a lesser eminence in the sea some distance away, a smaller fire was burning. But the fear was dispatched in a boat to discover who had lit the fire on the smaller island. Having landed there, he found an old woman lamenting loudly. Good mother, said he, wherefore do you mourn? What has befallen you in this place that you weep so, so sorely? Oh, young sir, replied the dame, drying her tears. Get thee back from this place, I beseech thee. For as thou livest, the monster who inhabits yonder mount will rend thee limb from limb and soup on thy flesh. But yesterday I was a nurse of the fair Helena, niece to Duke Cohelm, who lies buried here by me. Alas, then, the lady is no more, cried Bedivere in distress. So it is, replied the old woman, weeping more bitterly than ever. For when, when that cursed giant did seize upon her, terror did overcome her soul, that her spirit took flight. But tarry not on this dread spot, noble youth, for if a fierce slayer should encounter thee, he will put thee to shameful death, and afterward devour thee, yes, devour thee, as is wont with all those whom he kills. Bedivere comforted the old woman as best he might, and returned to Arthur, told him what he had heard. Now on hearing of the damsel's death, the great anger took hold upon the king,
so that he resolved to search out the giant forthwith and slay or be slain by him. Desiring care and but the fear to follow, he dismounted and commenced to climb St. Michael's Mount, closely attended by his companions. On reaching the summit, a gruesome spectacle awaited them. The great fire that they had seen in the distance was blazing fiercely, and bending over it was the giant, his cruel and contorted features besmeared with the blood of swine, portions of which he was toasting on spits. Startled at the sight of the knights, the monster rushed to where his club lay. This purpose Arthur deemed he might prevent, and covering himself with his shield, he ran at him while yet he fumbled for the weapon. But with all his agility he was too late, for the giant seized the mighty sapling and, whirling it in the air, brought it down on King Arthur's shield with such force that the sound of the stroke echoed afar. Nothing daunted Arthur, and Arthur dealt a trenchant stroke with Excalibur and gave the giant a cut on the forehead which made the blood gush forth over his eyes, so as nearly to blind him. But shrewd as was the blow, the giant had warded his forehead with his club in such wise that he had not received a deadly wound, and, watching his chance with great cunning, he rushed in within the sweep of Arthur's sword, gripped him round the middle and forced him to the ground. Iron indeed would have been the grasp which could have held a knight, so doughty as Arthur. Slipping from the monster's clutches, the king hacked at his adversary, now in one place, now in another, till at length he smote the giant so mightily that Excalibur was buried deep, deep in his brain pan. The giant fell like an oak, torn up by the roots and the fury of the winds. Rushing up as he crashed to the earth, Sir Bedivere struck off the hideous head, Grin, grinning in death? It was grinning in death, to be assured to those in the tents below. But let them behold it in silence, and without laughter the king charged, Sir Bedivere. For never since I saw the giant Ritho upon Mount Erai have I encountered so mighty an adversary. And so they returned to their tents with daybreak. Hmm. That's an interesting story. I guess King Arthur is going around slaying um, giants, which most people would associate King Arthur with slaying of dragons, not with giants. So that's different. But at the same time, when we go back to the original Jack and the Beanstalk, it's not called Jack and the Beanstalk, but the point is the original Jack and the Beanstalk's the same. Jack killed giants from the start. It was Jack the giant killer. It had nothing to do with magic beans or growing a beanstalk. The original Jack is Jack the giant killer and he went killing giants. So yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? To see how they change and manipulate things over time. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please 
subscribe if you are not already and hit the bell so you'll be notified whenever there's a new story to listen to. And I wish you all many, many blessings.